So next up in the You Ain't Nothing Yet podcast, we have an actor and comedian that talent knows no bounds and uh, I know will be around for a very long time. She is a graduate from the Getty School of Acting and is just off the back of a show in the Olympia Theatre. Well, it is the very talented Faye Short. Faye, are you well? well? How are you getting on? Oh, I'm well, honey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm delighted. Not a bother, not a bother. Well, look, We'll just get stuck straight in because I know that you're you're only back from Dublin, so you're probably wrecked. And the last place you want to be is sitting here talk, chatting to myself. So we'll we'll just dive straight in, you know. Um, <laughs> I couldn't so, be happier to be sitting here talking to you. <laughs> oh, you're very you're very kind. You're very kind. Um, tell me this. So, who, like, tell anybody who doesn't know you. Who are you? What do you do yourself? So my name is Faye Short, and I suppose I'm an actor slash comedian slash writer slash producer as well, I think, in the mix. There's a good few little titles going there, but Sherlock, we won't stick to any of them. Um, I went to the, yeah, I went to the Gaty School of Acting, which is primarily like a theatre school. It's the National Theatre um, School of Ireland. And then I went to do screen acting in Bow Street, um, which equally is probably the National Screen um, Acting Theatre of our or course of Ireland. Anyways. <laughs> Um, so I've kind of yeah covered the both both of them uh, theatre work and screen work and I suppose that's what's brought me to where I am now um, I started work I, I graduated college in the middle of Covid so that was a bit of a wild time and that's mm. yeah that's was, that, was where... that was that graduations online and that sort of crack oh yeah it was. Uh. I was having a glass of Moe by myself in the kitchen <laughs> like yeah <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was pretty grim um yeah, it was weird. Like, you know, we were supposed to have a showcase in the the, the Lighthouse Theatre. Oh, um, Dunleary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Screening our, um, screening our like, end of year performances and everything, which would have been amazing. But sadly, we couldn't get to that. Um, so we had it, yeah, on, on a YouTube screening. I, th- I think that's what it was called. Right. Um, and yeah, we just watched it uh, remotely by ourselves at home and there was no drinks, there was no going out or whatever. Um, but we made up for last time, don't you worry. Uh, there's no need to stress there. We made up for last time <laughs> when we were allowed out. Of course, of course. <laughs> no, so that's kind of, yeah, that's where this show came from was COVID. Mm. That's where it all began. And before we get stuck into that, you know, I want to just ask you about your childhood because obviously you were around showbiz quite a lot. Do you feel yeah. that you didn't have inverted, you know, inverted commas, the normal childhood that like you missed out or is it just more as just formed into the brilliant person you are today? I, oh, I definitely didn't miss out. I, I, I think I probably was, I'm exposed to a, a lot more than the average child would be with regards, you know, seeing um, theatre from backstage rather than front of house okay. um, as an audience member you know or equally my dad was filming Killing a Scully I think for about five years while mm. I was in primary school um, and I got to see a lot of the production work you know go ha- happening behind the scenes rather than sitting at home and watching the the TV series and having a laugh um, with it so yeah it was very interesting and I suppose that moulded I'm um, molded me into the person I am now whether it be a good thing or a bad thing <laughs> that's a good thing of course of course without a doubt <laughs> so yeah I think that's definitely what guided me into the direction that I've you know landed in today mm. um and yeah obviously I never ordered a jumbo breakfast roll as a kid no doubt um anyone in my family <laughs> did 
Sorry. In the face, I... someone would start singing the Jumbo Breakfast Road. I was allergic. <laughs> I was like, no, 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 no. I just... I'm, not, I'm not gonna lie. I, I, some of my mates, um, because that song used to be played at sometimes at after parties and when I was in the whole or when I was in the university, I mentioned some yeah. of my mates in the group chat, um, about interviewing you, yeah, and they were like, Jack, get her to sing, Joe. And I was like, lads, <laughs> off, like, silly, so you can't. I don't know it. I think, I think people expect me to know it off by heart. Yeah. I quote, I do not. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like every person who, Every American thinks that every Irish person can sing the Rat and Bog off by heart yeah. at the yeah. extreme lightning bolt pace, you know. Yeah, or Irish dance, you know. Or, or Irish dance. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't. I'm sorry. I'm probably not <laughs> anyone's expectations here, but no, I can't. Um, but other than that, you know, I can't complain, can I? Um, no, I had a great childhood. And um, yeah, you know, like a, a lot of uh, dad was on the road for yeah. for the first few years anyways that I was a kid so I suppose I, I didn't see him as much as what I would see him now yep, yep. that's a good thing no it was um, yeah so I suppose it, took, it takes a child a while I think to understand exactly what their parent does mm. and especially takes a very long while to understand that their parent is in the, the limelight that's a very difficult thing to realise as a child you know and it takes a while to kind of to kind of understand that other people know who your dad is as well it's you know it's not just in your bubble it's in everyone else's well most people's bubble as well um yeah so it's that was was a that's a weird one yeah i don't know much other people who can relate with that i'm out of my friend circle anyways but um it's definitely i'm yeah it's a one of a kind fair play fair play well (laughs) yeah you mentioned earlier that, you know, you attended the Gaiety School of Acting. And, like, it, it's been, I suppose, like a bastion of just, you know, the acting scene in Ireland since mm-hmm. the mid-80s. You know, you have the likes of Aidan Turner, Deirdre O'Kane, uh, Colin yeah. Farrell as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, and you mentioned earlier about, you know, obviously COVID and, and it was sort of strange in terms of uh, like graduation. Has, was your mm-hmm. time there, um, how was your time there, you know? And was it daunting yeah. or, or is this, is there ever a thing among people who attend it that you know there's been so many greats that have come before them is, is that a, does that ever play in your mind um well see so the Gaiety was the first college I went to and Bow Street is the college that I I graduated during Covid uh-huh. and equally with Bow Street and Gaiety there's like ex-students who have just gone on to do such amazing work mm-hmm. and you do sometimes like you know on a Monday morning you walk in you stroll in you know, with your hair up and you know, no makeup to be seen and you're, you know, you're dying after the weekend or whatever. And you just look in the wall and you think, Jesus Christ, like, that, that, you know, better get my act together quick, like. You know? <laughs> 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 I suppose. Have they, have they had that. such horrific hangovers that I have today? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I better start moving, honey. Yeah. So I, I suppose at times like that, yeah you'd kind of hope those pictures wouldn't be on the wall on the Monday morning. Mm. But then on the Friday evening, you're like, yeah, no, I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm, I'm there. <laughs> I'm going to do things. I'm there. I'm feeling it. Um, but I think, I think it's, it's very reassuring though, as well to, to know that people who have done so successfully well, have gone through the same, um, you know, path and journey that you have as well to, to mm. have got there um, and that you must be doing something right because obviously they couldn't have gotten there without their training. Of course. Um, 
yeah and I think equally there's other people who haven't you know gone through training who have done just as well and I'm I think everyone has their own path and some people end up in it or some people you know start from the get-go I'm building up their their career and Mm -hmm. have the determination and the goal to always you know be in that industry Mm. When you were there, was there something that sparked your love of comedy? Was did you start really loving classical stuff, like for example, say Shakespeare, or yeah. was it all was comedy that you loved, or did you like them both, or or what's what's you know? No, I I don't think I actually I think I was allergic to comedy. I was like, I am not doing comedy. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to drive my own path. I'm, and I think I was very. I was obviously very young and naive at the time, and I wanted to, to cast my own, I'm cast my own path without anything got to do with anyone else. I'm, you know, like obviously my dad had done, you know, comedy for years and was so well established in it, and yeah. I was kind of like, I don't want to have that. I'm, how would you say, like, I I want to be seen to have done this all on my, you know, on my own, and yeah, you know, to cre- yeah, create my own path. Of course. I went a bit off topic there. Anyways. No, no, I understand. No, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm, so yeah, I used to do all the serious pieces, you know, all the pieces about my husband, my son dying, my sister dying, like all the big dramatic So tragic. <laughs> tragic, tragic, tragic. Everyone, my college was like, oh, sweet Jesus, here she comes again. <laughs> we know what she's going to do. <laughs> this week, so, this yeah, week, Faze, taking on Lady Macbeth. <laughs> yeah. Typical. Well, then I got to a point and my acting coach was like, hey, why don't you try something, you know, a bit positive this time? Let's, let's try do a comedy piece. And the comedy piece went great. And I think that kind of gave me the the ability to have a bit more freedom with it all. And I suppose that's what those tutors are there for because they can see in you what, they can guide you in the right path and they bring out, you know, um, parts of you, which helps you to express yourself in all ways and shapes and forms. Um, and I, I did the comedy piece and I was like, geez, I'm not that bad. And I actually love it and I enjoy it. And I think it comes naturally to me. And with comedy, it's very, it's not very easy, but it's easier to do I think the serious pieces than it is to do the comedy because Mm. in comedy you're really putting yourself out there and there's obviously such a fear of like inverted commas failure and not getting the response that you're looking for Mm. um which is the laughs you know I'm and that's why with drama necessarily you're not waiting for the laughs so the complete silence is what you're used to yeah whereas with comedy you're obviously you know you don't want the silence um so I remember one of the shooters saying to me, you know, it's very easy to do the the drama, but it's not necessarily easy to do the comedy. So if you can do the comedy, stick with it, mm-hmm. you know, because it, not everyone can do it. Um, and I said, okay, Grant, give it a go. And I'm still doing it now to this day. So yeah, I must be doing something right. <laughs> I, well, no, I, I'm not going to lie. I can really relate to that because the first time I ever done stand-up comedy, it was at a festival a few months ago in Sligo, yeah. right? And I'd okay. never done stand-up before, not even in a small room, not even in front of my friends or family. Thought there was yeah. going to be about 20 or 30 people in the tent, well over 100. And yeah. I was like, I have to do 10 minutes here. Um, there's people who are coming on before and after me who are like have been doing comedy for years. I might just crash and burn here. This is you know what I mean? <laughs> Follow no, me, gobble me up. Yeah, yeah. No amount of pints in this world was gonna give me Dutch courage. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Know the 
I've been there. Um, but uh, yeah, so I completely understand that that difficulty and that there's almost comes with a little bit of that anxiety and worry that oh yeah. the laughs are the laughs aren't going to land and you know you mm. just have to you have to take it on the chin if you say something yeah. that you may find hilarious that nobody else does you know yeah exactly and I I think as well you know you never stop learning with this industry like I'm I've been doing these shows now with Dad for the last four five months mm-hmm. and like I'm still learning each time and I'm still getting better and better but I know if I had looked back on the first show of doing it I would have said oh on the fourth month I'll know everything there is to know but you don't you keep learning from all the experiences that happen on stage like the costumes falling off you or like forgetting the line like I only forgot a line for the first time like three months into doing the gig and I fully was certain it would happen the first week of doing the gig do you know what I mean so it's just all the unexpected things as well and you do then get to a stage which I think I'm in now is where you're just you're confident enough to go on stage and go well if something happens it happens just roll with it and have a bit of crack with it because that's all you can do you're you're never at the moment Faye are you yeah yeah, I'm in Limerick at the moment. Mm. Um, so I'm so I'm living in Limerick. I'm living with my family at the moment. <laughs> I was actually, that's another thing I was about to say was I was supposed to move to London. So I had big expectations, you know, when I, once I finished drama college to uh, head off to London, make my London debut. And um, <laughs> yeah, then COVID happened and I'm still living at home. I think about three years on. Yeah, I think it's three years on. I'm still living at home. And you know what? I'm loving it. The cost of the cost of rent in Dublin oh. at the moment is through the roof. Scandalous. I am not feeding into it. <laughs> I was paying a grand a month and I decided to myself, you know what? I'll have a wee rethink, Jack. And um, yeah. I'll take a wee breather from pay, paying yeah. a grand a month. That's not even before bills. And then, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I have the car. I am so I'm driving up and down the country like it's um like petrol's free at the moment. But you know what? It's better than it's better than paying the grand a month for the accommodation because it's very easily done once you pay for the the extras on top of the mm. bill. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? On top of the rent price, you know, the like the electricity and the Wi Fi and, and whatnot and the old drinks on the Friday evening that could that Of course. Of yeah. Mm. <laughs> Quickly tags on. <laughs> yeah so I'm living at home at the moment loving it I'm and you know what? it doesn't make sense to to move out um that's what I tell my parents <laughs> mm. <laughs> they're wondering like come on here what's, uh, what's happening like, it does make sense to move out Faye it does make sense I'm like no it doesn't <laughs> I'm no bless my we all get on great my me and my family my mum would probably pay me to stay in the house um another few years if she could mm. um but it's um it doesn't make sense because you know I'm traveling around the country doing these gigs and on the weekends I could be in three different counties so I wouldn't be I wouldn't be in the house enough anyways yeah fair fair yeah yeah um on the on the sort of back of that living at home you move back during lockdown and obviously all the sort of performative arts yeah. and such things shut down so yeah. how did you cope with that and the moving back home all at the same time? Was it a big shock or was, as you say, were you happy enough for the moving back home and sort of slowing down? Um, no, it, it was really kind of like a bit of a daunt. It was a huge, a hugely daunting time because you finish college. And I, I, don't, I think a lot of people could probably relate to this. You finish college and you have such high expectations and you're, you know, you're thinking about all these things that you can do and where you're going to go. Um, 
and all the expectations as well especially being in drama college to get you know all these huge gigs and you're just gonna you know it's all just gonna work out and then suddenly a global pandemic hits and you're not even allowed to leave your gaff so it kind of went from this time of excitement and especially with loads of pals being like oh let's meet up every Friday we're gonna write pieces together and perform them in front of each other and maybe have the hope of putting together a theater company or a production company and you know that kind of all just um disintegrated and suddenly we were just stuck at home with our family but I was very very lucky because obviously my dad is an artiste as well and we were able to collab together and you know make work um which is obviously much easier to do with someone else no matter who they are than do it by yourself I think um because it was a, such a it was such a long period of time wasn't it mm. like it just it seemed to drag and never end you know it didn't stop like oh my god the amount of bottles of wine I drank like <laughs> honestly <laughs> yeah it, I think you, you were definitely on your own there I think um when when the, you know when the bin men were coming around to lift people's recyclables it was, you know, it, was it was just giant buckets of stuff yeah. There, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah I let my mom bring them down I didn't bring them down <laughs> like, I can't mm-hmm. do that for myself <laughs> yeah so it did get to that stage where there was lows and there was highs you know it was a great time to sit down and be like, okay, I have no excuses but to write this show now. Mm. But then equally, you kind of just lose the, you lo- lose the will to live sometimes as well when you're stuck at home and it's the same mundane thing happening every single day. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, on, just off the, again, just off the back of what Sean was asking about COVID, you know, <clears throat> no, we're not going to dwell on your famous dad because look, you're your own person and we're, oh, we're, yeah, ta- yeah. we're here to talk to you. Um, but Thanks. What was, you know, <laughs> we both love him, but you know what I mean? You know, we also love you. Um, but I, I do want to ask, though, like, how was the, like, the writing process in terms of, like, the skits, like the Wellness Star, Neighbourhood Watch, or even, you know, trying to write, you know, as you say, you, you couldn't, you know, there was no excuse not to write during COVID. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I suppose it was my first time writing, co-writing as well. Yeah. I, I'd written loads by myself. And mm. I actually found that quite difficult as well because my process of writing is obviously my own process and you kind of go into your own world when you're writing. And I was actually yeah. listening to um, a, a podcast on from Blind Boy talking about um, being in the being in the flow state. Of course. Um, yeah. And w- when you're in that state, you, but you're working with someone else, it's not, it, you know, you need to be a bit more, you need to communicate a lot more. Whereas usually my head would just go into the, into the book mm. or the laptop and just, I would just start, typing away typing away working away um whereas there's a lot more communication talking out sketches talking out characters um but that it was great crack and it kept us going like I Mm. look back now and what we created in COVID and you know I'm very proud of what we did um because it it also kept us sane as well you know yeah I think Um, I think that we taste of normality as well yeah um yeah and it was like it also reassured me that this is what I want to do. Um, and I knew at some point it would all go back to normality. But then, mm. then in a weird way, then when it was coming back to normality, you were like, oh, I don't know, like if I really want to back to <laughs> <laughs> It was because the thing was, and I think this is a huge thing for a lot of comedians um, who came about during COVID, is they're used to making sketches at home and 
creating work and they may never have stepped foot on the stage before. Mm-hmm. But then when COVID finished up eventually and theatre started reopening, you know, you had to take your work to the stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was very nerve wracking as well, you know, and in front of a live audience. I hadn't even been around people of more than five, you know, yeah. at one point. And then suddenly you're in front of 600 people or more, you know, doing a gig. Um, and I hadn't done that before. Dad had done that before, obviously, for years. But I hadn't performed this type of work alongside Dad in front of an audience ever before, yeah. I suppose there must have been relief as well as that little bit of oh anxiety or a little bit of fear, yeah. but there was this relief of being able to, well, yes, now I can actually, you know, show all the work and show off all the work that I've done. Yeah, it was. It was great. It was amazing. Our first gig was down in um in Bantir in Cork. Um, which for anyone who doesn't know, it's it's in the back of nowhere. It's amazing. <laughs> it's a really sweet little village, and we played in the um community hall mm. and uh, it was a tiny hall and we were all jam-packed atop of each other and um, I, th- I think there was, there was like I think we uh, it was a it was jam-packed but I think a few more people kind of um, snuck in yeah, because yeah. we had more we had more people than seats for sure <laughs> <laughs> and it was just so it was I'll never forget it well it was, obviously it was my first time doing this show mm. and then also my first time you know in front of a live audience since COVID also then on top of it alongside dad so there was loads of different aspects to it that were just amazing um and I got the nerves out of the way you know you know once you get the first one down you, you say okay well I can do anything from here on you know was there sort of a like a uh, romanticization of it where you weren't really were you like not nervous until you got there because you were like gearing to get out there and then like oh shit there's actually people here <laughs> no I actually <laughs> I don't know I think I was really, really excited. No, no, no. I was really, really excited once I'd gotten up onto the stage. And then I was like, okay, yes, let's do this. But I had done a lot of worrying actually previous to that, coming up to the point of selling the tickets and all that. Because, um, yeah, you have you have the time as well, I think. Whereas when you're get, just getting up onto the stage, you don't have any time to think. And you're just like, okay, well, hey, I have to do it now. There's no pulling out. I can't exactly ring in sick, you know, five <laughs> mm-hmm. weeks before saying, yeah, no, I'm dying, can't come on. I mean, everyone's <laughs> just waiting outside the theatre for me. <laughs> Fair play. Yeah. Uh, you're also involved in some film projects. You were in a film called A Sunken Place. Can you chat to us about oh, that? Yeah. yeah. So I think that was... That was, God, that was a long while ago. Was that like 2018, 2019? Was it, tw- oh, no, 2020. 20, it's, it's, these COVID years are mixed up. They're all, they're all one. Like, I don't even know my own age or my own middle name at this point. Like, honestly, I, that is something. I do forget my own age and I'm like, I'm only 23. Yeah. We, we never ask a lady your age. We never ask a lady yeah. your age. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that was... Um, filmed in Dublin that was great fun and then we went on to do the short film um, we did a short film there that my dad just directed called Warts and All um, and I was um, casting it it was in the Galway Film Fla um, mm. and it's after doing very well now there's, it's been placed in numerous film festivals around the world so that'll be exciting to see where that goes um, and I also have like two acting agents as well so you know constantly on the side of doing this show you'd be auditioning for pieces and mm. um this is screen acting work obviously in comparison to you know doing the live show 
Um, so yeah, there's always a lot going on. Whether you get the role or you don't, you're always, you know, working towards getting it, of getting course. something. Yeah. <laughs> the, the chase is always on, says you. Oh, it never stops. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> pardon me, you know, sometimes though, uh, I, I find this that people try to pigeonhole others, you know, oh, you can't do, mm. you can't do, you can't be a serious actor, do a serious show um, yeah. because you do comedy. Like, do you, yeah. are, have you ever, have you faced that hurdle? Do you know what I mean? Do you, do you find that that happens at all? Um, I haven't faced it because in, in college, I suppose we've been like, I'm to- told this so many times to, you know, always keep the options open and, you know, don't pigeonhole yourself by the pieces you, you choose in drama college as well. Um, but I think another aspect to that is like the type of work that I do, like it doesn't just mean I'd like to do, you know, acting, um, whether it be serious um, or, or comedy, like equally, I'd love to do presenting or, yeah. you know, like we work like you do even do a podcast. There's so many different avenues mm. you can go down in in this industry that I think down the line, I'll be looking to work towards um, one step at a time. <laughs> but um, next week I'll be running for president. <laughs> <laughs> Hand over the mantle from Michael D. You know. Yeah. And then I want to become a model, and then I want to. Uh, <laughs> I want to work in Dell. Yeah. And then so, open your own space agency, like you know what I mean, and, and, and compete against Big Elon. You know. <laughs> no, yeah, she look. You never know. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you've. You've alluded to it in and out throughout sort of the chats, but um, you obviously did the show with your dad at the minute. Can yeah. you talk to us about that, how that's been, how that came about, what it's about? Yeah. Um, so originally um, when COVID happened, I'm going way back here now, we did, um, we were gifted by a grant by the government to uh, produce an online show, which was called um, The Wellness Hour with Pa and Sheila. <laughs> and that was for... Um, for online streamed online this is very good by the way what it was very good but i enjoyed it (laughs) it was such good crack doing it um that was streamed online but we always knew that we wanted to put together a a live show once everything got back to normality Mm. um so we were always tipping away on that as well in the background and then you know obviously the government released the 50 percent capacity i think it was um and all these you started opening up bit by bit um, so we were writing the whole time in the background and then suddenly it all opened up and we started booking dates in and then the government uh, restricted capacity again, which meant it wouldn't be financially like we wouldn't be capable of putting yeah. on the show, really. Um, so then skip forward, March, our first show um, in Bantir in Cork. And since then, we've been gigging probably every single weekend. <laughs> doing this live comedy show called well myself and dad and last week we just performed in the olympia for three nights which was absolutely amazing um it was a real pinch me moment yeah you know, i was gonna say yeah, yeah. yeah where i was like oh um it was so cool it was just the venue was just beautiful like it is huge and the interior and everything it is just so magnificent magnificent and so overwhelming as well um and to have done that, I was I was so so proud of myself, um, and I was absolutely delighted with how it went. Um, but at the same time, you kind of finish it, then you get a taste for it. And you're like, God, I want to do it every night, mm. <laughs> mm. you know. Um, 
it's addictive. It's very addictive doing it um, and, I, on, on that capacity, you know, that level. I know, I know the feeling of, of coming off the back of doing shows. So I would have done acting when I was younger. And I know yeah. that feeling that, you know, when you do the final night, you're so raging that it's over. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, like, you want it to go on and on and on and on because, you yeah, know. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, even when no. you're doing it, maybe you don't follow, sometimes you don't fully appreciate the crack and the banter and, and the camaraderie yeah. that you have. And I you know. Yeah. And like, even just with the crew and everything and yeah. the, the stage manager, you just have so much fun. It's just great crack heading in there and the adrenaline as well. Like that, that feeling is second to none. Um, just before heading on to the stage and then obviously heading off then as well you're on top of the world um, and that feeling is addictive you know and I think that's why some people really fall in love with with acting because mm. there is a feeling you get with that maybe um, in comparison to other jobs um, it definitely provides that um, so yeah it was absolutely amazing we had three nights it was Thursday, Friday and Saturday night Um and yeah, hopefully we'll be doing it again next year. I'd absolutely love to to be making it a regular, you know. A happy days, yeah. Mm-hmm. A regular yeah, occurrence, yeah. as you. Yeah, it was amazing. And I'm also then doing it alongside dad. You know, I've seen him do the Olympia so many times. Um, and I've sat in the audience and equally sat in the audience going, God, I'd never be able to do that. Like, mm. that, is, that is scary. And then you finally find yourself getting closer and closer to that like get, getting up onto the stage um and then you kind of realize the work and effort it does take to get there you know it's not you know so I think some people would say to me oh but sure you know obviously you were gifted with that you know you you've had that always since a child you've always been so outgoing and so well able but there is another side to it where you have to put in a lot of work in yourself to get the confidence to to get to that level yeah. where you put all self-doubt out the window and you just have tunnel vision for getting up on the stage and doing the work. Um, and I think that's obviously made more difficult with social media and everything, you know, seeing comments or whatever. Mm. Not that I've actually received much, thank God. <laughs> keep it going, keep it going. <laughs> <laughs> keep <running. laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I think that's, that's a side to it you don't see. There's a lot of work put in. Uh, uh, mentally to to be able to do that as well it's such a high venue such a large capacity venue yeah for a play and is is that the end of it now or like I mean do you have more dates coming up can people still buy tickets or are you having a break what's the current crack no we're having a one week break I'm going to EP I'm, I'm letting the hair down for the three <laughs> nights um <laughs> you couldn't fit me in your suitcase many chance fair could you what? You couldn't squidge me into your suitcase, Betty Chance? No. Do you know what I, mean? I wouldn't be able to lift my suitcase. I actually still need to bloody pack. I can often pack. Um, so I'm still on the high after doing the gigs. Mm, yeah. um, the following weekend, then, we are on tour again. All dates um, and tickets are sold and listed on www.patchwork.com. Um, and obviously, if you want to reach over on Instagram, um. Uh, my Instagram handle is face shorty with the Y and you can you know all I, I kind of um, let all what, how do I say I kind of um, list all the dates and everything on that and yeah, advertise like- what's going on so follow me <laughs> well before before we let you go because you know the zoom clock is ticking and we've kept you here okay. quite a while um, we, we usually do a, a fun Final quick fire round of questions. 
um, uh, just to sort of you know to give anybody that's listening the real failure. So um, <clears throat> the first question uh, we ask is, if you were a drink, alcohol, or otherwise, what would you be? Now, Sean, what do people describe me as? We do desperately need a new example, but way back when we came up with these, I made the comment that Jack's a pint of Guinness okay. because he's a very acquired taste and a surprising amount of people pretend they like him. So, <laughs> <laughs> so can you believe that? Can you believe that, Faye? Can you believe it? <laughs> so something along those lines, like what drink is your personality? Okay. Um... <laughs> <laughs> God, what would I be? Well, I love a glass of wine. Oh, yes. I love a glass of white wine. Yeah, I'd be a glass of white wine. And you can have one or two, but then you get tired after the second. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I'd tire you out probably after one or two. Yeah. Now take that as you will. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. <laughs> love it. Question. Love it. The second one, uh, if you could have a superpower, <laughs> any superpower, what would it my be? Super- and what would you do with it? Uh, my superpower, um, I'd love to fly. Yeah, I think my superpower, I'd love to be able to fly. Um, and it would be, yeah, so I can head back to like Bali and or like, you know, like somewhere mm. like Bora Bora and not be living here in like in Limerick. <laughs> 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 living in my gap with my parents. <laughs> If anyone wants to make a go fund me to get me a, a gas, that would be greatly appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you and me both jump on that myself. <laughs> um, <clears throat> next question: If you were a crisp sandwich, what would you be? We're talking bread, butter, mayo, flavor, and um, make. What would the crack be there? Bacon fries, one hundred percent. I love oh, good bacon yes. fries. Yes. Yeah, I think I do a ham and cheese toasted sandwich with bacon fries. Oh my god, that oh. sounds amazing. Okay. Nice. Okay. Yeah, you don't seem that excited, but it's fine. I mean, oh no, no, I mean, you know, any type. Well, are the bacon fries or a new one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've never. I love bacon fries, but I've never. And so does Sean. Love them. Don't knock them until you you haven't tried them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Number four, if you could go on a date with anyone, living or dead, or even like just a dinner date, non romantic style, what would it be? Um, a date. Hmm. God, that's a tough one. There's too many people to choose from. There is far too many people. I think I would choose. Um, this is very random. Okay, I'm, I'm getting very deep here, but I'd always love to to meet someone who who's a Holocaust survivor. I know it's absolutely obscure. Well, I, I suppose we could surprised. resurrect Anne Frank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I honestly <laughs> would absolutely love that. I ju- I just think my outlook on life would, would always be so different after speaking to someone mm. who has been through that. And yeah. I, have, I have a huge, huge um, obsession with World War II. And it was, I feel like this, you would not expect this about me whatsoever. Fair but enough, um, like when I watch Schindler's List and everything, I just, I, that is something I'm so interested in. I'd love to just sit down. Mm. But for like, you know, maybe for for looks wise, I think I'd give Killian Murphy an old DM. <laughs> like I'd slot him to DM. <laughs> yeah. Deadly. <laughs> And final question before you let we let you go when you run through your socials and all where stuff can be found again. Uh, I have a magic ball in front of me and I say, Faye, um, I can get you any venue and you can play or gig with whoever. Where would the venue be and yeah. what would you do? 
Well, I should probably still say my dad. Because <laughs> <I'm, laughs> if, if he listens to this and he doesn't hear me say him, I'll have to bring him along for the ride. <laughs> um, I would love to do a gig in New York Broadway. Oh, deadly. Yeah. Nice. I don't know what venue in particular, mm. but I'd love to do a gig in New York. God, that'd be amazing. Fair. I think anywhere in New York. I just would love to go over there and do a gig in a big venue, though. Of course. Oh, of course. You know, it'll be yeah. sold out. to be, yeah. you know. <laughs> well, look, look, Faye, number one, thank you very, very much for coming on. Can you Indeed. just tell thank us you. Um, very quickly all your socials and where people can find you? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram on Faye Shorty. That's Faye Short with a Y at the end. Um, the same with Twitter is just Faye Short and TikTok is Faye Shorty as well. And um, yeah, that's where to find me. If you want to find me, you know where to find me. Daily stuff. Well, look, Faye, um, thank you very, very much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank, thank you so much for having me, guys.